Welcome to the Westminster Chapel podcast. For more information and to support our mission to London and beyond, please visit westminsterchapel.org.uk. Good morning, and especially... Thank you, thank you. And especially big welcome to all the children who've joined me here at the front. My two daughters getting rather uncomfortably close, perhaps. <laughs> welcome and Merry Christmas, everyone, to get started with. Um, since this is Christmas, I brought my Christmas tree. Do you like it? Yeah. It's, it's small, but it's, there's no star on top. And there are no baubles. Rather getting ahead of the talk, but we'll get to that. Don't worry. Small but cute. I call him Brian. But, as some of you have astutely already pointed out, is Brian missing something? Yes. Star, baubles, decorations. Anything else? Lights. Lights, that's right. Brian is certainly missing lights. And without lights, he is dark and sad. Doesn't feel very Christmassy, does it? Certainly not compared to that. But have you ever wondered, why do we need lights at Christmas? It's a rhetorical question, Rory. You don't have to put up your hand to answer it. Why do we need lights to feel Christmassy? Well, Christmas is actually all about light. You see, Christmas is one of the most important parts of God's story, and so is light. God actually talks about light all the time, all the way through the Bible. So Christmas is actually all about light. Now, this goes all the way back to the beginning. Right at the beginning of God's story, in the book of Genesis, the first thing he does is he makes the world. And it all starts with a light. Now, I have some fabulous Christmas cards that my child has been guarding from me zealously. Ren, could you find card number one for me and pass it to me? Thank you. I love to receive Christmas cards. Don't you? Ah, oh, lovely. And what do we have inside? My favorite thing. No, not a crisp 20-pound note, but a Bible verse. What could be more precious? It all starts with a light. These are the first words in the Bible from the book of Genesis, chapter 1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was formless and empty, and darkness covered the waters. The Spirit of God hovered over the surface of the waters. Then God said, let there be light, and there was light. Now, some clever people like to point out 
This happens before God makes the sun. So how can there be light before the sun is made? But I don't think this is talking about that sort of light. I think this is a different sort of light. And if we go all the way to the end of the story, the very last book in the Bible, we have a little clue as to what that might be. Ren, could you pass me card number two, please? Thank you. The last book in the Bible is called Revelations. And in this book, Jesus is giving one of his friends, named John, a vision of what God is going to do at the very end of time. And in part of that vision, John sees this. So he took me in the spirit to a great high mountain, and he showed me the holy city, Jerusalem, descending out of heaven from God. And it shone with the glory of God and sparkled like a precious stone, like jasper, as clear as crystal. And the city had no need for the sun or moon, for the glory of God illuminates the city. And the Lamb is its light. So, it all starts with light, and it all ends with light. But this is not the light of the sun or the moon. When God creates the universe, he brings his light, the light of God's presence. Now, you might be thinking, God's presence? What does that mean? Well, it's just a fancy way of saying the way it feels when God is right there next to you. The first thing God does when he makes everything is he steps into it to be here with us. And why? May I have card number three, please? Thank you. This is from John chapter 1. The Word gave life to everything that was created, and his life brought light to everyone. Now at first, everything was great. God created the first people, Adam and Eve, and God lived with them. He was teaching them, comforting them, protecting them. And they loved being with God. The problem was, it didn't stay that way. You see, the people eventually, well, they didn't trust God, and they decided they didn't want him around anymore. Now the number of people grew, the people spread across the land, and still, they didn't want God around. And it was like turning off the light. Now, what is it like when you're in your bedroom at night and you turn off the light? What is that like? Anyone? 
Can you see? Ren? I can see. You can see in the dark. Okay. Well, most of us can't. It's dark, isn't it? And so what happens when you get up in the middle of the night and you need to pee? And it's dark. And so what do you do? You, you stumble around like this, don't you? You're looking for the light switch. Probably stub your toe on the corner of the bed. Tread on a piece of Lego. It's painful to walk in the dark. May I have card number four, please, Ren? Oh, you've already prepared for me. Thank you. This is a verse from Job chapter 12. Job was a guy who had a really hard time. And he described what it was like for the people living without God. He wrote, They grope in the darkness without a light. He makes them stagger like drunkards. And if you don't know what a drunkard is, I'll explain later over a nice bottle of wine. <laughs> so the people had to live without the light of God. But they didn't know how to live without God there to teach them, comfort them, and protect them. Life was hard. And they ended up hurting themselves and each other. Now, this is probably the saddest part of our story. It's dark and it's gloomy, just like Brian. And if the story ended here, it certainly wouldn't feel very much like Christmas, would it? But the good news is God loves the light. And he had a plan. And he gave a sneak peek of that plan to one of his friends named Isaiah. You know who he is. Brilliant. Ren, would you have... Already given me the next card, number five. Thank you. He gave Isaiah this sneak peek of what was going to happen. And Isaiah wrote all of this down. Everything that God showed him. And in Isaiah chapter nine, he wrote this. The people who walk in darkness have seen a great light. For those who live in a land of deep darkness, a light will shine. The light was coming back. But how? Well, do you remember that lamb we heard about earlier in Revelations? The one who illuminates God's city? Pretty important. You see, this lamb isn't really a baby sheep. It's a secret code word that God and his friends use to talk about someone very special. And Isaiah told us a little bit more about who this was. See if you can guess who it is. This is also from 
Isaiah chapter 9. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given. The government will rest on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Our guy Isaiah never got to meet the one he was writing about. In fact, 700 years passed since Isaiah wrote this down, and still the people of God were wondering, where is the child that God promised us? Until one day, a young woman named Mary was was startled by an angel who called himself Gabriel. He told her that she was going to have a baby, and he would be the promised one. Now Mary had to go with Joseph to Bethlehem, and since there was nowhere else to stay, they had the baby in a stable and laid him in a manger. Thank you. In the hills above the city, a great choir of angels lit up the sky, singing glory to God in the highest, and on earth, peace and goodwill towards men. And that wasn't all. God placed a new star in the sky as a sign that God's promised new king had been born. Prophets, angels, stars, Was this the light that God had promised? No. But they pointed people towards the light. Shepherds saw the angels, wise men saw the star, and they followed the directions to the one who was the light. Who is this child? Card number eight. Thank you. The angel told Mary who her child really was. From Luke chapter 1, Don't be afraid, Mary, the angel told her, for you have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will name him Jesus. Jesus. He will be very great, and he will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor David, and he will reign over Israel forever. His kingdom will never end. Now, Jesus, the baby, grew up to be Jesus, the man. Thirty years went by, and Jesus told people, who he really was. He explained that he was the one 
they had all been waiting for. In John chapter 8, he says this. Jesus spoke to the people once more and said, I am the light of the world. If you follow me, you won't have to walk in darkness because you will have the light that leads to life. Jesus meant that God was living with us again, teaching us, comforting us, protecting us. Even though people had said they don't want God to be around. Some people understood this means God must really love them. Can you get down off the stage, please? People need to be able to see what's going on. Thank you. Some people understood this meant God really loves them. Others still didn't want God to be around. So, they arrested Jesus. They blamed him for things he didn't do. And they hung him on a cross and killed him. To Jesus' friends, it must have felt like the light had gone out again. Jesus was no ordinary light. Jesus was the Word who spoke the universe into being at the very beginning. Jesus is the light that shines in God's city. Jesus' light burns so bright that not even death would put it out. Ren, would you find card number 10 for me, please? Ah, Already there, thank you. This is from John chapter 1, verse 5. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Now, this happened 2,000 years ago. What happened to that light? Where is it now? I'd like to invite everyone sitting in front of me to take one of these. It's a small candle. You'll find a little switch on the bottom that turns them on. Just like that. 
There we go. Jesus didn't only say, I am the light of the world. He said this in Matthew chapter 5. You are the light of the world. Including you, yes. Like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp and then puts it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand, but it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all to see, so that everyone will praise your Heavenly Father. Christmas tree needs its lights. Because Christmas is all about light. The light of God's presence, which is the way it feels when he's here with us. To teach us, comfort us, protect us. This is the light that was there from the beginning. That's how it was when Jesus was born. That's how it is forever in God's city. And that's the light that we carry inside us now. So this Christmas, as we have good times and bad, we make memories happy and sad. I want you to remember one thing about this light. This is the light that says to you, you are not alone. That you don't have to be afraid. That there is a way through the darkness. And his name is Jesus. And he wants to come shine in you. So have a very Merry Christmas this year, everyone. Thanks for listening to Sermon Audio from Westminster Chapel. If you'd like to partner with us in making disciples and sharing the gospel, please consider making a one-off or regular donation. Visit westminsterchapel.org.uk forward slash giving to find out how.